Amen. Good morning, church. You know, I was thinking about that song that we sung just a moment ago, All My Life You Have Been Faithful, Lord. Can we just say amen to that today? It is great to be here worshiping a faithful God, and we just worship Him together. Before I jump into the message today, I just want to share some family news or some church family news. Uh, you know, I have the privilege of being a part of, with these amazing teammates on the Encounter staff team. I see a few of them out here today, all scattered around the room. And we want you to know that uh, we have an open position uh, that we're looking for someone to fill. It's a little over a half-time position for what we're calling a director of ministry operations. Uh, it's basically someone who would lead the business and facilities and operations side of our church. They'd work very closely with Robert, our facilities director, Debbie, our preschool director, and our office staff and business team. And, and so if you have some interest in looking more about that, you can just go to our website uh, and all the details are on there. And we're just praying for God to bring someone from our church family for that role. And we would invite you to pray on that behalf as well. Uh, so basically, they're over the, the uh, business and operations side of the church, and I work really closely with them. So be praying for us, and if that happens to be you, then fill it out, and we'd love to talk to you about that. Amen? Good stuff going on. All right, well, today is a very special day for us as a church because it's our group launch Sunday, and it's this day where we invite everyone, uh, if you haven't already, to take a step of faith or a faith step and to move one step closer into community together as a church family uh, through being part of our small groups. And God's timing is always perfect. We are coming to the end today of our Reset Message series. And next Sunday, we're going to begin a journey through the New Testament book of Ephesians, just an amazing book of the New Testament. Uh, we're calling that message series Blueprints, and we're going to be looking at our identity in Jesus Christ and how that changes everything about the way we live. Uh, but today, you're going to get to meet some of our small group leaders. That's why we have tables in the back, and some of you who usually sit in the section back there, I could just see how displaced you were today. Trying to find your normal seats. We have as many seats in the house as we usually do. They're just in different spots. But uh, that was precious, watching you guys just wander back there, trying to find your home uh, in the seats out there. Uh, but hopefully you got a list on the way in of uh, just the many different groups that we have this year. And uh, we're just hoping that everyone will be encouraged in the Lord today through that. But I want to begin with a question today. And it has to do with how you view your role within our church family. And this is how it goes. If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family that would be read for all eternity, what would you want it to say? If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family to be read for all eternity, what would you want it to say and what would he say? I'm going to read a passage of the Bible today from Colossians chapter 4 verses 7 through 18. It's one of those pieces of scripture that we often read right over uh, because it happens to be the Apostle Paul's farewell greetings to the Colossian churches and at first, when you read it, it seems unimportant, it almost seems perfunctory in a way, but what we're going to find this morning is that it really it's an invitation to see a snapshot of what biblical community is all about. 
And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me today, and we're going to read Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. And I don't usually read this long of a passage, but I just want you to hear all the names that are mentioned in this passage. And I'm praying that we can learn uh, from the story that God writes through them today. Colossians chapter 4, verse starting in verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Colossian churches. He is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus. By the way, Onesimus is a really good Bible name, but it hasn't really taken on for naming our kids yet. I'm not, not sure. Any, any Onesimuses out there? I, I'm still waiting to meet one someday. But our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Just listen to all these names. By the way, Barnabas, any of you who are pregnant out there, is another good Bible name. Uh, any Barnabases out there today? I'm still waiting. All right, okay. Concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, which is just confusing, by the way, because it's a little bit like when someone's name is, you know, like Bob, but you really call him Robert. Okay, so these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. Always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. For I bear witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you and so does Demas. And the names keep coming. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family, to be read for all eternity, what would he say? What would you want him to say? Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for today, and we thank you that we can come to you in your faithfulness and declare to you that you are faithful and you are good. And Lord, as we just learn from these story that you've written through all these names today, God, we just invite you to lead us in just understanding what it means to be a church family and what it means to be a community. And we thank you for all the people that are mentioned here, Lord, in your word for all eternity. And we thank you for how they served you. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Well, please be seated. You know, I'll never forget uh, my first day of college at Biola University. I walked onto campus not really knowing anyone in the dorm that I was going to be living in that year and uh, began to meet my suite mates. So uh, my freshman year in the dorm I was in, it was a suite. So it was two rooms with two people in each room. It shared a bathroom. And I walked into my new college room and my roommate had already picked the bed that he wanted before I got there. So I got the top bunk. His name was John and he was from Arizona. 
And then I began to meet the other two guys in the other room attached to our suite. And I met Keith, who was from Colorado, and he had already put this huge picture of Madonna on the wall in his dorm room. And then I met John from Hawaii, who was trying to decide whether he really wanted to room with Madonna and Keith from Colorado. And I pretty much realized fairly quickly that someone in admissions had a sense of humor because here we were at a Christian university and in one suite were three Johns. John from Arizona, John, that's me, from California, and John from Hawaii. And very quickly we got nicknames on campus as first, second, and third John. (laughs) No joke. I'm second John. I just got to tell you, I'm second John. And I look back at that freshman year and how God used all of those guys in my life to shape me. And when you begin to follow Jesus Christ, God uses his Holy Spirit and he uses his word to shape us and to teach us. And he also uses people. The people that he brings us into community with. John 13, 34 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus says one of the ways that the world will be changed is by looking at followers of Jesus Christ and how they love one another how they live in community with one another. And so today I want to share with you some what I want to call transformational marks of biblical community from Colossians chapter 4. And I'm going to give you a mark of biblical community and its opposite to help shine the light on how God loves to transform our lives through relationships. And here's the first mark of biblical community, where we have growing friendships instead of stagnant acquaintances. And I want you to look at a few of the relationships that Paul mentions. Verse 7, Tychicus, he's mentioned a lot. In fact, Paul actually is going to mention him at the end of Ephesians as well. Tychicus, he is a beloved brother and faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. Verse 9, and with him Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Verse 15, give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And he goes on to mention Epaphras, Aristarchus, along with Mark, Luke, and Demas, and Archippus. And one thing we can say for the Apostle Paul is he has a lot of friends with cool names, doesn't he? He does. And he gets really personal in this part of his letter to the Colossian churches. And some of the friends that he mentions, he gives adjectives to their names. Others, he just mentions their name. But the common thread of all all these people that he lists is they were a part of the greatest mission that we get to be a part of on this planet in following Jesus. And look at the first name he mentions, Tychicus. He says that Tychicus knew his life situation and was actually going to bring news about the apostle Paul and how he was doing. He calls him a brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant. And so obviously Paul totally respects Tychicus. He speaks well of him. And he actually respects Tychicus enough to tell his story to other people. You really have to trust someone for them to tell your story to other people when you're not there. 
to tell your thoughts and to convey your emotions to other people for you. And, and so I would just ask you this morning, how many people in your life really know your situation right now? Because there is something powerful about being known by people and still being accepted. It's part of the power of God's grace. And it takes time, as we've been sharing the last few weeks, to make friendships like that. In fact, those kind of friendships don't come naturally. We've talked about a couple of weeks ago how to really make good friends, you have to pray for them. And you have to plan for them. And you actually have to invest in their lives and often even take the first move. Uh, I shared how sometimes you even have to chase people till they catch you. Uh, as God is shaping you into the friend that he wants you to be in the lives of others. And no matter what the internet says, you really can't buy your friends. I don't know if you know that, but I was looking at this blog a while back, and I don't remember this site, it was socially something. Uh, but basically, for 30 bucks, they guaranteed you that you could get 500 likes on social media. For $699, they guaranteed 20,000 likes. I thought that would be impressive. And for three grand, if you're willing to pop three grand, they guarantee they can get one of your videos to go viral, all right? So I guess you can buy a level of likeness on, on the internet, you know, on social media. Uh, but for me, I'll just tell you, if you take me out to lunch, I'll probably be your friend. Just, just let me know out there. <laughs> I like burgers. So later on, Paul, he talks about Epaphras along with Luke, Demas, Nympha, and Archippus. And just like my freshman year of college where there are those guys that were a part of my life and what God was doing, Paul mentions all of these people that he got to know as they were following Christ together, as they were serving together, as they were just living on mission together. And God, you, you might be here today, it might be your first time here at Encounter, it might be your second or third time, you might be newish to our church family. Uh, in fact, you might even be still putting the pieces together of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and if that is you, we want you to know how, how thankful we are that God's brought you here today. Because we are all on a journey, and we are all learning uh, from our Lord together. And one of the powerful things that God may want to do is actually connect the story that he's writing in your life to the story that he's writing in the lives of this church that is a part of his greater story of redemption. And one of the ways that we trust God to do that in our church family are through these things that we call small groups. Uh, they're a tool to help that to happen. And anytime a church gets bigger, uh, you have to actually become smaller uh, intentionally through small groups. And praise God, you know, Encounter's getting bigger again. You got to thank God for that. Amen to that. That's because you're inviting friends and you're reaching out to people in our community. But one of the things that has to happen intentionally is we actually have to move past sitting in rows and actually getting into circles of friendships together where we're really creating relationship. And we have all kinds of groups to do that, and you're going to hear about some of them in a little bit. But I know even as I mentioned, it's group Sunday where we're asking you to group up with people. I know as soon as I say that, some of you have excuses running through your mind right now. Like, I'm telling you, they're just strong on your mind. right? You've already dismissed whether you can even get into a group in this next season. And I just want you to know I'm a professional, okay? And I've heard all of them before, all right? In fact, I'm going to give you my top three reasons I hear from people of why they cannot get into the group. Number one reason I hear from people is this. I'm too busy, all right? 
I'm too busy. And I would argue if you're too busy, you're too busy not to be in a small group. Because God actually wants to move you into having some growing friendships centered around Jesus Christ and move past just having acquaintances in church. Number two reason I hear from people why they are not able to get into a small group is that I don't know anybody, all right? Ever been there? Can you think about that one for a little bit more, though? Like, that's why we have groups, is so you can get to know people. And by the way, when you get into a small group at Encounter, you don't have to sign in blood. We won't make you sign in blood. You don't even have to sign anything. You can just come. In fact, it's just for a quarter. It's just for a few months, and you can try different groups out, and you can move to other groups. It's all welcome. Plus, you'll be better cared for, and you will care for others better if you're in a small group as part of our church family. And there are all kinds to be a part of. The other top reason I hear from people of why they don't want to get into a small group is, I hear this all the time from people, I don't know the Bible well enough yet. And I'm afraid that if I go into a group, they're going to ask me a question and I'm going to look silly. And I, I don't even know the books of the Bible. I don't, I don't know how to navigate a Bible. I don't even have a Bible. Or you have this underlying fear that maybe you're going to be asked to pray out loud or, or to share uh, out loud. And if that's you today and that's what's holding you back from being in a group, I'd say those are really real feelings. And there are people all across this room who are thriving in groups today who felt the very same way a long time ago. And one of the most powerful ways to move past those feelings is actually to get into a group as God actually grows you in the most safest environment you could find, the most welcoming environment you could find to get to know the Bible better. And even if you're ready to learn how to pray with other people, which is why God might be tugging on your heart right now to take a faith step because life change actually does happen best in the context of genuine community. It really does. And as a church gets bigger, you really do have to get smaller. And you are the only person, the only person, can take this faith step for yourself to begin to grow in a community of people. And a little side note for some of you who have maybe been in a group for a long time, and I'm just going to give this to you as an invitation today as a group. If you've been in a group a long time and you haven't had a newer person in your group for a long time, whether it's an accountability group or some other group, I just want to invite you as a group to strategize together and figure out who God might be leading you to bring as a part of your small group. I was talking to a small group leader this last week and they were just talking about the life that it brought to their life group, which has been together for years by having this couple come in who hadn't been there before and how they were all growing together. And I have this core principle about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that if we're following the gospel of Jesus Christ, we always have room for one more. We do. See, Christ was always chasing the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. And so I just give you full permission as a group, go to your group leader and say, hey, We've got to go after so-and-so or somebody and chase them together as a small group together. If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family to be read for all eternity, what would he say? 
Another transformational mark of biblical community is proven encouragement instead of sustained negativity. And Paul writes this in verse 8. I have sent him, that's Tychicus, to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And he's speaking of our, our Aristarchus and Mark and Justice. And Paul says this at the end of verse 11. In Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a comfort to me. That, that word comfort in the New Testament is actually the same word in the original language the Bible was written in as encouragement. And part of living in community is encouraging one another in your faith, in your life, and instead of discouraging one another. And we can encourage each other by our examples. We can encourage each other by sharing the word together. We can encourage each other by celebrating life's victories, by celebrating special moments like anniversaries and birthdays. Uh, We can encourage each other by sometimes just being there for one another, even in our failures and having a spirit of grace together. And no matter what others are doing, we always, always, always have the ability to choose to be an encourager instead of a discourager with the people that we are around in our life. And if I could just speak to the men in the room for a moment, one of the most courageous things you can do as a man, and for your family, if you're a husband or if you're a father, is to take a step of faith and to group up with some other men to encourage your faith. Nothing will pay greater dividends in your life as a man, as a husband, as a father than grouping up with some other godly men to encourage your faith in your walk with the Lord. Uh, You know, there was a group of men who took a step of faith yesterday and began to do that. Uh, We had a men's breakfast. It was so cool. I wish all of you could have been there, actually, because it was powerful. There were 125-plus men for our men's breakfast yesterday. Yeah. It was so cool. I, I, I mean, I was meeting many people who had been invited for the very first time from a neighbor or from a friend, and they came to the breakfast, and just all kinds of people, and it was an encouraging time together, and the food was delicious. John and his team, uh, they had all this food. We had planned for like 75 to 100 people, and then we had over 100 show up, and we had biscuits and gravy and eggs, and somehow there was enough for everybody. It was like the fishes and loaves, but it was biscuits and eggs. It was... It's hard to find an egg you can afford in town right now. I mean, eggs are crazy, but God just multiplied it all. It was was just a fantastic time of, of being together. And it's true that we appreciate the people that God has placed in our life as encouragers. And Paul recorded for all eternity is thankful for the encouragement of justice. And he mentions how justice is actually an encourager for the entire church. His influence is is wide. It's really cool. Last Sunday, we had a vote of affirmation for Patrick McCaslin as one of our additional elders, and we'll be adding some more elders in June. And I just want to thank you as a church family uh, for your overwhelming affirmation for Patrick as an elder in this next season. As I shared last week, he's an encourager. He's just an amazing encourager. And by the way, when I say an overwhelming affirmation, it was a 100% affirmation. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. 
I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking through my church history classes. I don't know if there's been 100% affirmation in the church going back to the early church. I mean, I, the apostle Paul, maybe, but even him had some people who were wavering on him in the beginning. So way to go, church. That's pretty exciting. You know, encouragers are powerful. Uh, one of the people on our church staff who's just an amazing encourager is Lindsay Lopez. You know Lindsay? She's our director of care and events. She, I don't know, she's anywhere on campus right now, but Lindsay's just amazing. She, encouragement oozes out of her, and you can just see it because it gets transferred into all the care ministries of our church, that, that spirit of encouragement. She's this amazing spiritual leader in the things that she is doing, and having people like that in a church family just influences everything going on around them. On the opposite side of that is, this ne- is, is the negative sometimes, and I don't know if you've ever met someone who is a discourager under the veil of encouragement. Ever had that? I had this one friend when I was a youth pastor, and every once in a while they come to me and be like, hey, John, let's talk about some new ideas for the youth ministry. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And we get together and we start talking and dreaming together. And as I walked away from the conversation later, it was, it was almost like I had like 50 weights on my shoulder. And somehow under the veil of encouragement, I felt discouraged because under the spirit of, you know, like doing new things, there were all these things I was doing wrong. And sometimes we can actually use the veil of encouragement but throw some discouragement in there. And biblical community is surrounded by encouragement. If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family to be read for all eternity, what would he say? What would you want him to say? The next transitional mark of biblical community is being powered by prayer instead of powered by self. And the truth is, there are things we can do on our own. And the truth is, we all have skills that we have been blessed with that we can use and God uses those as, as well. But there are some pieces of transformation that God only does when we have people praying for us. When we have genuine relationships where we are known and we are coming before the Lord together and giving them to Him together, which is why being a part of a praying small group is so crucial and having people who you're beginning to get to know well enough that they can pray for you authentically. You know, one of the things that we love doing together, it's why we're here this morning, is, is worshiping together on Sundays and being together as a church family. And one of the things that COVID taught churches across the world and across the nation is you cannot replace worshiping together corporately as the, as the family of God. You just can't replace it. You, you just can't. In fact, I, I know even as I'm speaking today, there's some people who are listening online and Man, we're so thankful that you're part of our online congregation, but I will always remind all of us that that online is a great beginning place. It's a great way to get to know a church. It's it's great when you're sick and you can't you don't want to infect everybody else around you, or you got some health issues going on where you can't be here on a Sunday. But it's just a step in the journey of being a part of what God wants to do and rubbing shoulders as a church where you actually begin to move past sitting in rows and getting into the lives of one another through small groups and people around us and circles of friendships instead of being in rows of chairs. And the truth is, some of you in the room today, you're 20 friend people, right? You know who I'm talking about. You have like 20 friends. You have friends all over the place. Others of you, you're like three friend people. 
you got three good friends, that's all you need, you're happy. Some of you are like one friend people, like that's all I need. Others of you, you're just grumpy people. <laughs> like I don't need to be in a small group. I'm okay right as I am. I want to tell you something this morning. It's not about you. It is about the Lord. And it is about being in the lives of other people. And God even wants to use you, if that's how you feel, to be an influencer in the lives of others and to be praying for people. Praying together is a foundation for unleashing the power of Christ in our life. And the only way you grow in prayer is to do it over time. And one of the things that I have always found fascinating is how I meet people all the time who never want to pray out loud. And by the way, if you sign up for a small group, we're not going to make you pray out loud, all right? But this is one of the things I've found over and over again, is those same people who don't want to pray out loud because you've never done it before, when you will take a faith step and actually begin to pray out loud, it's like the beast is unleashed. I'm telling you, you, those are the same people that you can't get them to be quiet in prayer later on. It's like there's a floodgate of prayers that have been saved up for a lifetime and you take that faith step and you begin to learn how to pray out loud even when you start sometimes with a sentence. And again, you'll never find a more welcoming group of people than a good small group to learn how to pray in over time when you're ready. And look how Paul says to Epaphras was praying over these people. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. He's always struggling on their behalf in his prayers. Do you have someone who struggles in prayer for you? Do you struggle in prayer for others? Do you have some people where you're struggling in prayer together and that, that word struggle is the same word that was used of Jesus as he struggled in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was tried and crucified? It can also be translated laboring in prayer. And small groups are great places to learn how to pray, to pray for others, and to be prayed over. If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family to be read for all eternity, what would he say? What would you want him to say? Some transformational marks, friendship and encouragement and prayer. And then finally, a spirit of grace instead of prolonged bitterness. It's fascinating because if you read this list of names in Colossians in light of other New Testament stories, you soon begin to realize that there are at least three, and there are many others, I'm sure, who have stories of failure that are shared in other places in the Bible. In Acts 13, we learn that John Mark went along to help with Paul and Barnabas on his first missionary journey, and for unknown reasons, he deserted them and went back to Jerusalem. And then in Acts 15, it records the story of how Paul and Barnabas split paths because they were arguing about whether to invite John Mark back on the next missionary journey. In fact, Acts 15, 39 states it clearly and says, and there arose a sharp disagreement. You know what that's like? That's like that fight that happened on the field between the Niners and the Eagles about three-fourths of the way through the game. Like when they came to blows on the field. By the way, I'm a Niners fan, if you don't know. I, I thank you for all the well wishes out there. I'm okay. Don't worry. I'm, I'm okay. But it says, and there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. 
Yeah, they, they, they got into a fist fight. I mean, they, they were coming to blows with each other. And yet somehow, by the writing of Colossians, Mark and Paul had their relationship restored. And as Paul states, now Mark had become helpful to the ministry. There's been restoration. In fact, he welcomes Mark. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Paul goes out of his way to welcome John Mark. And then he mentions Onesimus, who was a runaway slave, who he was helping to have restoration with the relationships he had. And then in 2 Timothy, he mentions Demas in Colossians here, but Demas had deserted Paul as well, but somehow they had found grace with each other. They found grace to be bigger than their own hurts and differences. And living in community sometimes is messy because we're all on the road to recovery. Amen. And spiritual growth never happens in a vacuum. It's never perfectly clean. Feelings get stepped on. And yet when we find that we're willing to dive into God's grace, it is always deep enough. And a piece of biblical community is being committed to living in a spirit of grace instead of prolonged bitterness. And if you've somehow pulled away from a small group or small groups in general or church in general or even this church and you happen to find yourself here today, dive into the grace of God and see what he has for you. Because life is short and God's grace is deep and the kingdom is too important and they will know us by our love. And Paul closes the letter, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand Remember my chains. Grace be with you. We serve a God of the gospel of grace. You see, God loved us enough to send his own son to come in skin to this earth. And he was born, and he had to struggle to learn how to walk. He cried for milk just like any child. And he grew up, and one day as a man, he actually shed blood in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was spit on, he was whipped, and as he hung on that cross, he was whispering forgiveness over us all. We serve a God of grace. May we be a community of grace. If God were writing a story about your life as a part of this church family to be read for all eternity, what would he say? What would you want him to say? I'm going to pray in just a moment, but as I'm praying, I'm actually going to invite all of our small group leaders to come up on the stage with me if you're in the room, and we're going to have uh, number one on this side and the other higher numbers over here as much as possible be in order. It really doesn't matter, though. We're going to get to meet you in a minute. Uh, would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the examples of the names in this list, and we thank you for the power of community, and we thank you for the story you're writing. And Lord, I, I just sense today that there are some people that you want to call deeper into community, whether they're in groups already or whether they're not in a group yet. And we just pray that these next few moments would just be a moment of spirit-led connection, and we just give it over to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, I'm going to introduce some people to you today, and I think I got a microphone here. Oh, thank you. So, these are some of the small group leaders of Encounter, and they're going to introduce themselves today, and, and then they're going to go to the tables in the back uh, so that you can get to know them better, but they're going to share their name and the name of their group, and they get one sentence to describe their group, okay, because we got 23 leaders. So you can let me know whether they follow the rules or not, all right? And I'm going to hold the microphone because I know what small group leaders do, all right, okay? So here we go. Here's our first group. Go ahead. I'm Sam. Wait. Oh. Hello, hello. Testing. One more. There we go. All right, here we go. Go again. I'm Sam, and I'm representing MOPS. So it means mothers of preschoolers, not actually a cleaning product. <laughs> um, and we're just a community of moms from pregnancy all the way up to the preschool years, um, talking all things motherhood, having fun. So join us. Amen. And what you may not know about Sam, or she just alluded to it, is she has a boy on the way. So we're very happy for her. I'm Jessica for Moms Next. So Moms Next is if you've graduated from MOPS or if you have kids that are kinder through high school. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. Hi, I have another women's group. I'm Denise, and I am from WOW, and that's Women of the Word, and our next study is coming up on the study of Philippians by Joe Sexton starting the end of this month. All right, you'll meet Denise in the back. Thank you, Denise. Hi, I'm Amber Lee, and I host a uh, women's Bible study of all ages and stages in Fillmore, and we uh, basically want to develop genuine friendships and get a deeper understanding of the scriptures and God. Amen. By the way, Amber Lee came to Encounter two years ago, began leading a year ago, and here she is. Amen to that, right? What a great story. Hi, I'm Sally Day. I'm re representing the 60-plus women's group, better known as the Chicks. Uh, we meet Tuesday mornings off campus. Uh, we're a group of uh, lifelong friends who love each other, support each other through life experience and day-to-day -day Christian life. We have lots of fun and laughter, so come on by Table 5 and come say hi to the chicks. Right on. You know, I think there's a country band like that or something. So, <laughs> I'm Debbie Gennaro, and I lead a book club. We're a fellowship group where we just read a book once a month, and then we get together and talk about it and get to know each other that way. Amen, Debbie. Thank you. Good morning. Sophia Bowman, and I co-lead... Soap and Toast, which is a group um, of women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and we choose a book of the Bible to soap through, and we break bread, and we meet only once a month, the second Thursday in various places. All right. Thank you, Sylvia. I'm Robert, and I am leading the Tuesday night men's group. Um, play the man. <laughs> Apparently, I have a fan base out there. Um, yeah, it's all about how men should be learning through the Bible, so come see us at Table 8. All right. I'm John Goodwin, and we're going to be meeting on Wednesday night, and we're going to be doing a video series called Follow. And the purpose of our group, basically, is caring and sharing for each other as we grow as disciples in Christ. Right on. And John, this is the John who cooked with everybody on yesterday morning, so we're thankful <laughs> for him as well. Hello, I'm Mike Olge. I'm, a re I'm the retired men's group. Uh, we meet every Tuesday for uh, breakfast, fellowship, prayer, and uh, discussing uh, John's Sunday sermons. Also, we uh, 
uh, volunteer and partner with local and uh, global ministries, uh, such as the sock drive that we got going on at Encounter here uh, all month. All right. Thank you, Mike. I'm Willie Duarte. Um, we studied Pastor, Pastor John's sermon notes on Monday Night Zoom, but an extra, we barbecue for everybody that joins our group. So oh, that, should give you, that should give you an incentive. <laughs> All right. That's awesome, Willie. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lindy Matheny, and Larry and I and Barbara and Scott Warnock are going to be leading once a month pasta and prayer, and it'll be a dinner at our house for fellowship prayer, and it's open to couples and singles. All right. Once Amen. a month. That's awesome. Thank you, Lindy. I am Eric Birdwell. I am one of eight current or former global partners. And we're going to be leading a group um, called A Third of Us. And if you can imagine if you or the person to your left or the person to your right has never heard about Jesus, that's the situation about third or three billion people in the world. So we're going to find out where those people live. And then we're going to look at five passages that Jesus talks about um, for us to do something about that. Amen. Thank you, Eric. Good morning. I'm Melissa Duker, and my husband Billy and Gloria Needham and I lead the teams to Honduras. It's called Love Does Honduras, and we're so excited that we are going back to Honduras this summer in August, and we would love to have you pray about joining us. Amen. Thank you, Melissa. Good morning. We are Team Rooted. My name is Yvette Cortez, Rebecca Golson, and we are leading the Rooted group. It will be online on Mondays. We're on Table 17, and if you want to just grow in your relationship with God and know God's plan and purpose for your life, join us. We'll be online. Thank you, ladies. Hi, I'm Susan Pineda. Um, this is um, homeschool support for parents. Whether you're new or have been homeschooling a while, Support for homeschool parents is a place for fellowship, discussion, practical help, and encouragement. All right. Thank you, Susan. Hi. Hi. I'm Margaret Gosenson, and uh, we are part of Mercy Seat Prayer Time. We meet twice a month, and we pray for the Encounter Church, which means we pray for our pastors, our elders, our lead team, our staff, and the church family. So come join us twice a month. Thank you, Margaret. Yeah. I'm Paul Prynne. I share a class with my wife, Yvonne Prynne, who's a college master's in church history, and we're going through the Bible, and we do PowerPoint, we do discussions and questions, a mixture group, and we do a potluck once a month. They have a lot of fun together. All right, Paul, thank you. Good morning. My name is Penny, and I'm here to introduce the Silver Lining class, which meets right across the parking lot in the 300 building. Uh, we pray, of course, we sing, and you won't believe this, but out of hymn books, and uh, uh, we just have a wonderful time. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Penny. Hi, my name's Debbie Dixon. I lead the Grief Share Group. It's a group, it's a recovery group for people who've lost, uh, who's had a loved one die. And we're going to be starting our group, first group tomorrow night over in the 300 building. So I'm over on table 22. Come thank, see me. Thank you, Debbie. Hi, my name is Daniela. I'm a ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery here at Encounter Church along with my husband. And Celebrate Recovery is a safe and judge-free place for you to come and work on your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Amen, Daniela. Hey, can we give all these guys a hand?
I'm going to let you guys walk on down to the tables, and I'm, we're going to pray over you in just a moment. Let's give them one more hand for being just so many great leaders in our church family. So in a moment, I'm going to dismiss you, but first I want to just pray you out. The tables are all back there, and we have these handouts to talk about the different groups. There's actually numbers on the wall to help you find the groups, and you can sign up for more than one, and just know that the Holy Spirit's leading right now. If he's tugging on your heart to uh, check out one of these, you can talk to many of them and get information from a lot of them. Let me just pray over you. Father God, we thank you for all our group leaders. We thank you for everyone in the room. And we just pray for you to do your masterful connection right now through your Holy Spirit's leading. In Jesus' precious name, amen.